Have you ever sat down to read your Bible and wonder where to begin, or question if the ancient words on those impossibly thin pages will ever make any sense? Maybe you've compared your Bible with the colorful and note-filled pages of others, or wondered how to understand why you believe what you believe. You're not alone, my friend. Welcome to the Biblical Context Matters podcast. I'm Bree Blum, and I will be your host while we take a closer look at God's Word through the eyes of the original audience, exploring the cultural, historical, geographical, linguistic, political, and religious influences upon the people and places of the Bible. Together, we'll learn how to intentionally study Scripture to get beyond surface-level knowledge and find a deeper belief and understanding of the heart of God. It's possible. Thank you, promise. What if you could read one chapter of scripture, like you were talking with your best friend about the flashbacks that were shared in your favorite Netflix series that helped you better understand the main character? Follow along with our eight-week online study of Seven Feasts by Aaron Davis and start making those connections between the OT and JC, Old Testament and Jesus Christ, that is. Discover the beauty of Jesus through the lens of the Old Testament celebrations and walk away awed by his glory. Week 2, The Passover, from the Seven Feasts Online Biblical Study During the last weekend of August 2021, several members from the Intentional Filling community and I were blessed to sit under the teaching of Christy McClelland in Franklin, Tennessee. She blew our minds by stringing pearls together from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but of all the lessons shared that weekend, the one that I've recalled the most is the Hebraic view of time. That weekend, we quickly dubbed it as the curly fry due to its corkscrew shape. But that's not the reason I've thought about it the most. It's because, as Christy told us, this view of time, rather than linear as most of us Westerners view it, helps us to see how God reaches back into the past to bring things forward into redemption. It wasn't until later that evening that I recognized how God has used this structure in my own life, specifically with the numbers 8 and 28. Romans 8, 28, the verse that was prayed over my life at the time of my confirmation in the United Methodist Church, August 28, 8, 28, 2014, the date I announced the launch of my very first online study under the name of Attentional Filling. 828-2020, when the ministry was forced to evaluate its future at the heartbreakingly difficult departure of its co-founder. 828-2021, while standing in line for the women's restroom, Christy McClelland, who had, with God's help, revived our ministry and my faith with her message of viewing scripture through its context, recognized me, even while I was wearing a mask. And I see this same curly fry structure laid out now as I study Leviticus 23 and the seven feasts of the Lord. God has certainly used these celebrations that has called that called his people to look back and remember how far he has brought them and brought them forward into redemption through the life of Jesus. This is a day to remember. There is a word in Hebrew that embodies what God was setting out to do with the seven feasts laid out in Leviticus 23. Zakar means to remember or recall. 
but is not just a remembrance of mind, but of action. To zakar is not to filter through the number of thoughts cycling in your mind to bring to the surface some important information. Zakar requires action, and in this case, the preparation and observance of the feasts. During the Lord's Feast of Passover, or Pesach in Hebrew, his people are to zakar the details of the first Passover in Egypt, where God spoke to Moses and Aaron, establishing the Jewish calendar, and instructed them on how to protect his people from the tenth plague. On the tenth day of the first month of Nisan, each household took a male lamb without blemish in its first year and brought it into their home. Then on the fourteenth day of the month, the whole community assembled, and at twilight the lambs were slaughtered. A hyssop branch was used to smear the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their home, and the lamb was roasted in the fire to be eaten with matzah, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. That night the Lord passed through the land of Egypt and killed every firstborn male, adult, child, and animal, but passed over the homes marked by those with the blood of the lamb. Quote from Aaron Davis from page 68 of the Seven Feast Study says, God was instructing his people to place the blood of the lamb on the load-bearing beams of their homes. Side note, I'm not sure about you, but I've read this story wrong my entire life. Maybe I got it mixed up with the Christmas story when King Herod killed all of the boys aged two and under but I didn't realize that every firstborn male would include the men and the older boys. In my life, that would have included both of my grandfathers, my uncles, my brother, my boyfriend, and his father and grandfather. Yikes. Each year, as the Jewish people gather to celebrate the Passover meal called Seder, meaning order, they are following God's call to remember and pass on the story to new generations, remembering how generations before had been brought out of Egypt and the Spirit of the Lord had passed over them and spared their families. Exodus twelve fourteen from the New Living Translation says, This is the day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. As Christy McClellan taught us in her study, Jesus and Women, we are to live like a river and not a lake. We are to remember the goodness of God through his word and to share it with others. Quote from Aaron Davis, page 57 of Seven Feasts, says the Passover was established by God to remind his people that they were once slaves set free by a loving God. We need to remember that too. End quote. Jesus is our Paschal Lamb. Scripture tells us that it was the Passover meal that brought Jesus and his disciples together that fateful night in the upper room. Though their traditions may have not exactly been the same as the present-day Seder meal, several of the elements appear to have been present in Jesus' day. The first one being ritualistic washing of hands. Jesus took it one step further and washed the feet of his disciples, a job typically reserved for the lowest servant the next being breaking and distributing of the afikoman, that is the middle of three pieces of matzah, unleavened bread, that is broken into two pieces, 
relatively early in the Seder, and a larger piece wrapped in a napkin and hidden as a substitute for the Passover sacrifice. It is later sought after at the end of the meal and distributed amongst the guests to enjoy. Four cups of wine represent the four phrases found in Exodus 6, verses 6 through 7. The first cup is the Kiddush. It is the cup of salvation, and the phrase is, I will bring you out. The second cup, the cup of plagues, the phrase is, I will deliver you. The third cup is the cup, chapter 26, verses 28 from the ESV. And the fourth cup is the Hallel. It is the cup of praise, and the phrase is, I will take you to be my people. From Luke 22, verses 19 through 20 from the ESV, it says, And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you in the new covenant of my blood. During the first Passover account that we read in Exodus 12, God instructed his people, The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats, from Exodus 12, verses 5, from the NIV. God pulls on that curly fry that we read about in Exodus 12 and eliminates the need for his people to continue to sacrifice for their deliverance. As the Apostle Peter shared, For you know it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. From 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18-19 through 19 from the NIV. A quote from Messianic Jewish Bible teacher Zola Levitt from page 70 of the Seven Feast Study. She says, The meaning of Passover, it is surely the feast of salvation. On this day, because of the blood of the Lamb, without blemish, a male, from Exodus 12:5, the Hebrew nation was delivered from bondage. Clearly, in both Testaments, the blood of the Lamb delivers from slavery, the Jew from Egypt, the Christian from sin. End quote. So, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion in our churches, let us, Zakar, do this in remembrance of God's deliverance and Jesus' redemption through the blood of the Lamb. Today we learned, number one, the Hebraic view of time is not linear like most Westerners believe. Number two, God called his people to Zakar to remember and pass on the story of their deliverance from Egypt. Number three, the Last Supper, our model for Holy Communion, is based on the tradition of the Passover feast. Number four, Jesus calls us as Christians to remember as well as we celebrate communion, passing the tradition along to future generations of how his blood is the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. So I have a question. Did you see the gospel illustrated in the Passover feast before now? Did God reveal anything new to you about the connection between the Old and New Testaments? Feel free to share your thoughts in the comments below, or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, at Intentional Filling. Do you enjoy learning about scripture through its context? We invite you to visit our website, intentionalfilling.com, to check out the number of resources we have available in our shop, including worksheets, studies, and even our free online course, Rooted in the Word. 
Subscribe to the Biblical Context Matters podcast to be alerted of our new episode for more faith-boosting content. Until next time, read your Bible and remember, Biblical Context Matters.